Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 80, the Jerry Rice episode. We have made it to the big hey. eight zero. Uh, probably Durgan's favorite player. But today we have some interesting NFL news and NFL rumors to talk about uh, revolving around Russell Wilson. Of course, we're going to touch on J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. Um, and then we're going to do a quick NFL free agency preview on the offensive side and run through some of the names you should keep an eye on as we get into the offseason and uh, what we think about each of the respective positions. But first and foremost, I have my co-hosts Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me as per usual. How are you fellas doing? Well, first of all, I'm a little bit offended that this isn't the Donald Driver episode, but um, <laughs> I mean, aside come from on. that, I'm okay. Undrafted Driver, guy, you know, not on the same level. One of the Jerry best Rice. receivers in Packers history. Underdog story, you know, made things happen. Uh, Jerry Rice, he's a front runner, man. You know, so uh, I'm I'm deeply hurt and offended by that, but I'm I'm willing to move past it just because you know Jerry Rice. He seems like an okay guy. So what? Uh, Reggie White was on the Packers, right? He was indeed. Yes. What number did he wear on the Packers? 92 92 that's what he wore on the eagles too so when we get to 92 we can share that moment together okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with it make I'm up for it. it we have a reggie white episode what about okay. you Durgan? how you doing now, I, I was going with casey's troll until he called uh, jerry rice a front runner so <laughs> now i'm out of you okay but uh, it's, it's march now low-key my favorite month in terms of sports because march madness right around the corner my favorite sporting event so uh, nothing to do with football but hey new month new me new month new all of us hopefully soon with everything going on um but yeah no i'm glad you guys are doing well i'm looking forward to march madness as well let's talk about our first topic this is an interesting one i'm not sure there's really i don't know how much there is behind this but uh russell wilson um there's trade rumors and he has four destinations potentially that he would have approved raiders bears saints cowboys what do we think here uh, in terms of this is, is there some validity to it could we see it actually happening um and what do we think of each of these teams that are on this list interesting list by the way so it's he's not asking for a trade he's just saying hey if you didn't want to trade me i wouldn't object and these are teams i'd go to so weird and and everyone's kind of comparing it to saying like if you're married like hey i don't want to divorce you but if i did this is who i'm going to marry next so it's kind of weird, and Russell Wilson is a weird guy. Great player, weird guy. I think he's just kind of fed up with how the Seahawks are running things. I mean, he's carried that team the last four or five years, and he's seeing how strong the NFC West is getting, and he's tired of being hit over and over again. And he's still a relatively young guy for a quarterback. He's in his early 30s, but he gets hit a lot, and there's no way he can keep up his play with the amount of times he keeps getting hit. So I think he's just kind of pointing the CS direction like, hey, we don't have much cap space, but what we do have, we need to get offensive alignment. you got to help me out. Uh, so I think it's more for that. In terms of the actual teams that he wants to go to, uh, obviously all those teams have a need at quarterback. Well, maybe Cowboys, maybe not. Depends on Dak Prescott. Get to that later. But a lot of it has to do, I think, with brand. And he wants to be a big brand. His wife, Sierra, is a mega pop star. She wants to be in a big city. So it makes sense he wants to be in Dallas or Chicago or New Orleans or Vegas. That'd be probably the best case scenario for their family. So there is some, I think, other football reasons, non-football reasons uh, behind that list. He's not going to leave. I don't think so, at least. But the real question I have is, if he were to get traded... 
is he or Deshaun Watson more valuable? I think it's, it's Wilson based on the fact he actually has had some success longer than Watson had. But this has never, ever happened where we've had two franchise quarterbacks, maybe one more than the other like you get traded, but even on the market like these two are. Well, before, yeah. you, before you go, Casey, I, my take on that question that you just asked, I would say it is contextual in the sense that if you're going to a team that's in win-now mode, it's Russell Wilson, easy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a team that has long-term goals and maybe is an in-win-now mode, like maybe Miami, for instance, you yep. could make the argument that they're in win-now mode, but I've, I would I would think like a Deshaun Watson would be more valuable. But go ahead, Casey. Give us your thoughts. Yeah. I, I agree with that assessment, Cyrus. I was just going to say it's, you know, the Bears are a weird choice to go through a divorce for because yeah, uh, what? <laughs> you know, you're, it's a slight downgrade here. I think uh, a, not, not a slight, a major downgrade. You're going from the hottie that is DK Metcalf and, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett and some some pieces there. And then you're uh, going to Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, who's departing in free agency. And you got uh, the corpse of Jimmy Graham running routes for you at tight end. So. <laughs> Uh, interesting choice that he considers them a contender and somewhere he would want to go. Maybe it is the big city like you were talking about. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as draft capital and being able to pay the Seahawks enough, I mean, I think Pete Carroll's going on 70 years old. And I don't think he wants to, like, hit the reset button and come, you know, work with some rookie quarterback. So he's going to want someone established probably. Uh, in return you got to be able to replace Wilson um, and you got to have somebody there to 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 sort of assuage that for the Seahawks Um, so if you know I don't know Nick if Nick Foles is that guy Um, but the the Bears have some draft capital they can give those firsts they're not super high first which is an issue so I don't think you can go grab a quarterback with their first round pick because they uh, made the playoffs this last year uh, by some miracle with the uh, NVP Mitchell Trubisky behind center yes. uh, and then lost the, to the Saints so you know you're looking at a pick there in the 20s and and you know even if you were to get their future first you're trading Wilson to them so theoretically that makes them even better those are low end first round picks so whoever you trade Wilson to you're not getting a whole lot of like top tier picks back you know I mean you're picking at the bottom of the draft and with those those picks so uh, it that makes it from from my perspective makes it very unattractive to me if I was Seattle looking to trade him away um I think Chicago can take the most cap hit and and sign him to a contract or extend him and um that offensive line is very up and down um they've tried a, a ton of different combinations on the offensive line some work some don't uh some by injury some not by injury um but hey if Wilson if you want to cook baby you know Matt Nagy throws the ball 50 plus times with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles behind center so you can only imagine how many times you'll be throwing the ball if if you're there um you know running backs are a dying breed they may just cut all their running backs David Montgomery see ya Tariq Cohen you're just a receiver now we won't even run the ball we'll be like the Buffalo Bills uh in the Midwest uh, and and just throw the ball 50 plus times every game run it maybe you know three or four times keep them honest some some quarterback draws you know uh and uh th- that's the way they're gonna roll so hey if you want that if you want the stats you want to go that way that might be a great pick um Matt Nagy I think you know has some talent there and I think he would do do pretty well um he lacks in the run game and his scheming in the run game but he does a pretty good job 
uh, you know, he's limited by the quarterbacks he has, but he, he showed some glimpses, especially earlier in his, in his tenure with Chicago, that he can scheme stuff open and, and be a little bit inventive in the passing game. Um, so uh, all that being said, I don't really think it's going to gonna happen. I don't think, you know, the Raiders, I think Derek Carr is playing very, very well, and he fits that system well. Um, you know, the Saints are $66 million over the cap right now. How do they fit his contract into their cap? Uh, the Cowboys got to figure out Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott seems like he's the guy, and it, all indications seem like the, the Cowboys really want him unless Dak decides he doesn't want the Cowboys. Um and the Cowboys have some big needs on the defensive side of the ball. So do the Raiders. Uh, so, like, if you're trading away your picks, how are you going to patch? You know, Russell Wilson doesn't play safety and corner and linebacker. So he's sort of going to be in the exact same situation he's in now uh, with a bad defense uh, on offensive line on most of the team, these teams, which is a little bit shaky. And he's going to have to carry the load. So, uh, you know, these are interesting choices in in my view of, of where he wants to go. Um, but... Uh, it would be exciting. I hope he doesn't go to the NFC North, though. That that is my one hope. <laughs> well, likewise, I hope he doesn't end up in a Cowboys uniform. You know, but it is an interesting thing looking at these these teams because really, when I look at these, if I'm him, the only option on this on this list of four that I feel like you would fit and be in an instant competitor is the Saints, right? I mean, every other yeah. team here had their struggles and challenges, respectively. I mean, Cowboys had a terrible season. The Bears didn't really have a great season. Um, Raiders had potential. So I, I'm not really sure where this list is coming from. To me, this whole situation seems like posturing, a little bit of smoke and mirrors, just Russell Wilson kind of letting the organization know, look, I'm not just here for whatever. You know, like I want to win now. I'm 31, 32, however, however old he is. And you guys, you know, I'm, I want to light a little fire under your ass and, and make some moves, make some things happen. Stop drafting no-name linebackers in the first round. You know, like figure some <laughs> shit out and... And uh, and let's let's go get another Super Bowl while I still can't. Um, he knows firsthand how hard it is to get there. He knows firsthand how hard it is to win it. So it's 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 a weird situation. I don't see him going anywhere. You know, I, I don't know why he picked these teams. I think maybe somebody needs to get him a concussion water or something because this is <laughs> this is this is a weird list. Like I, I I feel like there's other teams that are better suited and he could pick easily. And and I I don't know. Maybe he picked teams that he knew wouldn't be possible, like that wouldn't end up trading. I, I don't really know. But I don't see anything happening here. I'm not sure he gets traded. Um, I still think the big the big piece out there that's going to be traded is Deshaun Watson more so than, than uh, Russell Wilson, if anything. You know what this feels to me a little bit like? It feels like the end of the Mike McCarthy era in Green Bay where there's some issues on offense, you got to find a supporting cast, you got to fix the defense, and it seems like Pete Carroll in general is wearing out his welcome to a certain degree. Um, with the, these rumblings, players have said before, even going back to the to the Super Bowl loss, that you know his, his culture is more college style, and that may be wearing on Russell Wilson as well. Um, he's getting older, maybe he's just sort of being phased out of the nfl as some coaches tend tend to be um so uh, that's having experienced that personally you know it's tough <laughs> to watch sort of this team that you know is can be competitive but ultimately just sort of comes up short and uh there are some offensive limitations and and ideas and stuff that are holding the team back fair warning i hate Pete carroll not a secret but one <laughs> judge in my opinion of a good coach is how they inherited a team and how they left the team. Everywhere 
Pete Carroll goes, he inherits a program where the USC or a team that's the Seahawks, the Jets years ago, that seems to be on the upswing. And he gets them some success, more so USC and, and with Seattle, and leaves them in disarray. And like you said, the wheels are starting to come off. And within, I think, two or three years, they will totally be off and the Seahawks will be sunk. And that's when, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, he's out. So that's what's going to happen. Sorry, Seahawks fans. Enjoy your next one or two years after that. Back of the line. <laughs> back, back of the line. All right. Uh, let's let's wrap it up there on the Russell Wilson topic. And we have another interesting piece of news here. So J.J. Watt officially signing to the Arizona Cardinals, two years, $31 million. I did not see this coming, personally. There were a few teams that were kind of in the mix, and I think J.J. Watt himself even put a few team names on his like Peloton bio, which is a very <laughs> strange way to do this. But Arizona wasn't one of them. And then the news, the news breaks that he uh, has signed for the Cardinals for a two-year contract. What do we think about this signing, and, uh, and what do we think about his fit in Arizona? I agree with you. I'm shocked. Uh, I did not see Arizona as one of the teams uh, in contention. The reason why also he's able to sign now and other players aren't able to sign for another two weeks is because he was released. And if you were released, you're able to sign immediately. That's why he's able to sign with the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ahead of free agency begins. I thought it was going to be Green Bay, uh, if not the Browns uh, or the Bills or even Steelers. Uh, those teams seem to be much likely, much more likely to be in a Super Bowl or Super Bowl contenders than the Cardinals. Uh, the dollar amount isn't surprising at $15, $16 million a year. Uh, Schefter tweeted last week, that's what it's going to be. Uh, before a guy gets hurt a lot, it's a lot of money. But I don't blame mm. him. I mean, hey, you'll get your money. I'm pretty sure Arizona has no state income tax either or very minimal. So that's a lot more than he'd be getting, let's say, if he went to California or New York. So that, I mean, hey, if you want your money, go do your thing. Uh, but I think you'll be paying, from the Cardinals' perspective, a lot for J.J. Watt, the name, than the player. He's in his 30s. His body's breaking down. But you still got to block him. You guys got about two guys on him or at least one guy and chip him or something. And when you throw him with Chandler Jones, who I assume they're going to keep around. I read an article two weeks ago that he might be on his way out. I don't think you sign J.J. Watt if you're going to get rid of Chandler Jones. That just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Also, they can keep Hassan Reddick, who had 12.5 sacks this past year on the other side. That defensive line is scary. I mean, it's up there the best in the whole league. So, Cardinals, they're seeing the building some defense. Uh, they're going to trust that uh, hack uh, Cliff Kingsbury to run their offense. Probably won't end well, knowing him. But they're building something on defense. If they can get that defense, they could be the second-best team in NFC West next year, in my opinion. Uh, Rams still better than, better than them. But this is a number two team, and if they can get some good coaching, they'll make the playoffs. Well, the beauty of the NFC West is that I think any team could be the second best team in the NFC West. Or next first season. Team. It's almost a yeah. toss up between all four teams, yeah. uh, especially with a healthy Niners team. But what do you think about this, uh, Casey? This signing? Yeah, I, I read yesterday that they're ta- they're in contract extension talks with Chandler Jones, so they're trying to move that money around move so that they can still do some do some stuff uh, and keep those guys both together. But like you said, if you have that pairing, you can you can do some serious damage on the defensive line. And uh, you know, my condolences to the entire NFC West because it just continues to get more and more and more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, glad that the Packers are not in there, but. On the topic of, of J.J. Watt, his list was a fucking lie. He said quarterback, <laughs> supporting cast, and then money. My man, 
that ain't it. You flip that shit. Uh, so uh, that's fine. If you want to go after the cash, go after the cash. Go play with your buddy, uh, DeAndre Hopkins from from the Texans. You guys can reunite and spend all your, your money together. Congratulations. Just don't tease me. Don't tease me, Mr. Watt. What did he uh, have? That's he what had you did. Bills, Packers, and, and Browns. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't his Peloton, according to him. He, says, oh. he doesn't own one, but is someone with the same like username that he has on everything? So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not yours. Yeah, wink, sure, wink. bro. Sure, <laughs> oh, could be his wife or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but hey, cash in while you can. You know, he's probably not going to get another huge contract. He got twenty three million guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, for me, from a Packers fan perspective, like I, I wouldn't have wanted to pay that much. Like maybe ten million to to come play play for us for a couple of years. Um, but you know, if if we're shifting around fifteen to sixteen million dollars a year, uh, I, I feel like there's you can get two solid guys in free agency instead of an aging J.J. Watt. And I think J.J. Watt's still going to be very effective and very good. Um, he's not the defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, but he's you know a Pro Bowl caliber guy that can still produce, and, and if he's healthy, he's, he's going to be an impactful guy. Um, so good for the Cardinals. If they feel like this is their time to, to push with Kyler Murray on his rookie contract, um, you know, then this these are the kind of moves you you got to make while you have the cap space and you have that that lower um, contract with with your quarterback. So you know the Cardinals went two and four in the division last year. They need to do better than that within the division to have a chance at the wild card or winning it outright. And what is a step in that direction? So yeah, I mean, let's just quickly take a look at sack leaders since 2012. First on the list, Chandler Jones. Second on the list. J.J. Watt. Now they're on the same defensive line. So that is potentially scary, not just for the NFC West, but the entire league. And, you know, I was reading a tweet. They were talking about somebody inside the uh, the Texans organization that was basically saying he's selfish. He only cared about his stats. He does things that hurts the defense and the team. He hurt us more than he helped us. I wouldn't want him. I mean, this guy's accolades, 100 sacks, 25 forced fumbles, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl selection, 2017 Walter Payton Man of the Year. That doesn't sound like somebody that hurts a team to me. Like, that sounds like somebody who carries the team on his back. I don't understand that why somebody from this organization could possibly have this take. And then you really kind of break it down. This is the same coaching staff that gave this quote that traded away DeAndre Hopkins. That has basically yeah. turned this franchise into the absolute dumpster fire that it is now and that it will be if they trade Deshaun Watson. So I don't I don't have to see any validity to that at all. I think this is a great signing for the Cardinals. If he can stay healthy, this is going to be top two, top three defensive line if him and Chandler Jones are paired together. So look out, NFC West. Look out, Durgan, and your state of, you know, mental state. Look out, uh, <laughs> NFL in general. Um, if Kyler Murray continues to develop as well, this Cardinals team as a whole, you know, it's starting. they're starting to not have too many gaps in terms of talent and, and key positions. So I, I think it could be a situation where a hot take, Cardinals might win the NFC West next season. Just, just throwing that out there. I don't know. Okay. I had a buddy text me yesterday about this JJ Watt stuff, and he's like, "Oh man, like the Niners are screwed." I'm like, "They've been dealing with Aaron Donald twice a year for the past five years. It can't get any worse than that." So 
JJ Watt, welcome to the you know long list of guys who killed the Niners, and but you can't kill me, hurt me worse than Aaron Donald does. So, ha, well, jokes on you. It compounds. Now you got both to deal with. You're oh, playing each, each of those teams. Now you got that's four, four games. Four well, games I, I, of... Assuming he plays all all games, JJ Watt does. True. But true. Also, you have to take into fact. Would you rather live in Arizona in November or December, or Green Bay, Cleveland, or Buffalo? Yeah, well, worst team, but like. Oh man, I'm making fifteen million dollars a year to play poolside in November. Eh, I'll take sure, that. Sure, but if you're he grew up in Wisconsin, he grew up a Packers. Exactly, fan. he's quite tired this, of it. You know, blue collar. Well, he probably hasn't really. He's been in te- in Texas for the last whatever ten years. True. You know, I mean, if he, I feel like those teams fit his personality or That's his true. his mantra, so to speak, his a style bit better. The yeah, the blue collar, lunch pail kind of yeah. uh, rabid fan bases that uh, I think he would. Well, uh, enjoyed but i don't, I don't know if he's, i don't know if he's blue collar because like, like cyrus said he's a very selfish guy you know he, he's purposely <laughs> taking on those triple True. teams and double teams i didn't say that for his <laughs> no, for, for, for his own good you know that's, that's what he wants he wants to get double teamed all the time yeah oh, the texans right. what a joke you know whatever kink you got that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah for oh, sure and it may just be a situation where the cardinals just their offer was substantially more than other teams and yes. that's probably what it was um, and it's hard to say no when there's millions of dollars staring you in the face. So yep. good for J.J. Watt, good for the Cardinals. Let's talk about, speaking of NFL signings, let's do a little bit of a, a, a free agency preview. We'll keep it on the offensive side of the ball. Free agency officially begins March 17th. Tampering starts on the 15th, so we'll see a lot of deals that are tentative go down. Um, but let's preview the free agency pool. We'll talk QBs, running backs, Wide receivers and tight ends will lump together, and then we'll go into the offensive line for a little bit as well here. But let's start with quarterbacks. What do we think here? What's this list looking like? Is this a good quarterback free agency class? Um, what do you think? We'll start with you, Durgan. So uh, the head guy is Dak, obviously. Uh, we're going to assume that he's going to be franchise tagged once again uh, by the Cowboys. If so, his contract for one season will be over $35 million. Uh, still don't know with the how the cap overall is going to look, so don't know the exact numbers yet. But Dak is going to be the you know, the crown jewel, assuming he's available. He's not probably going to be available. And then you have a lot of guys who are borderline starters, but no one you would want your team to start. And that makes sense. Like Trubisky, Dalton, Cam Newton, Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all guys. Are like, okay, that could be a great high quality backup or a great bridge starter. But no real franchise guys, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick said he feels like he deserves a chance to start somewhere after the way he played this year. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, the problem is he's got it's got to be the perfect situation. How many teams need a one to two year stopgap guy? Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of those teams. Um, uh, but he could also end up in in San Francisco, and you know, with Jimmy's injury problems. Uh, he may have a good chance to to start there. You know, there's always rumors about Jimmy going somewhere. Shanahan hates him, his guts. He's too handsome. He's talking to <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and every other quarterback that's on the face of the planet, Kirk Cousins, whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe if they feel like I feel like that wouldn't be a great move. But uh, of the the sort of second tier guys outside of Dak, I think Fitzpatrick is the guy that's most attractive to me to start for a, a year or two. Um, and and Dak with with the the Cowboys, I feel like it's almost turning into a Kirk Cousins situation where they mm-hmm. continually franchise franchise tag him, and eventually, you know, it, it may just 
bite him in the butt because ultimately he's eventually going to be earning so much per year that they're going to have to sign him or let him walk and if he's miffed about the Cowboys sort of doing him dirty then he may just choose to walk and go somewhere else um so uh, the Cowboys need Dak more than he needs them uh they're non-competitive without him and uh you know i would expect him to be back at least for this year and then and then sort of i assume they're going to work on a contract as best they can going forward but uh lots of movement lots of quality guys um seems like all of a sudden these last two years there's been sort of a quarterback surplus for the first time in a long long time and i think a lot of these guys would have been starters even three or four years ago Mm -hmm. um because it just seemed like every team was you know there were the top five or six guys and then everyone else was sort of looking for somebody um but now it seems you know there's a lot of guys that are that are high quality that are going to end up being backups yeah i mean a lot of these guys were starters three or four years ago trubisky dalton cam newton uh and then you got tyrod taylor and ryan fitzpatrick who can you call them starters i mean they started they have started i don't know but you can call ryan fitzpatrick a starter i feel like tyrod taylor has not had enough to be deemed but he's a high quality backup Yes. If he's your backup, yes. you're confident he can get you to a 500 record. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that way. Well, if hey, if the Chargers had just been able to start him, they <laughs> hey, would have gone to the playoffs. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't doctor. even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. And then you don't know what you have with your uh, now looking to be star rookie quarterback. So. Yeah, rookie of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not not the most exciting list. I, I don't expect Dak to be a free agent. And then you kind of got a situation where if you can get any of these guys to be a backup on your team, I think you're in a good position. Um, but that's kind of TBD. Let's talk about the next position on the list. This one's looking like a little bit more a, of a uh, quality class here. We got running backs. Casey, let's start with you since the first name on our list here is your top two running back of all time, Aaron Jones. <laughs> Not all time of last year. Oh, okay, and okay. He was in 2019. He was a top two, two running back. Um, I, I I love Aaron Jones. He's going to be you know priced out of Green Bay, I think, but he, he's pretty dynamic. Uh, he can catch the ball. He has uh, some home run speed. He's not going to going to run away from people, but he he breaks off 50, 60 yard chunks pretty consistently through the season. He's he's good for a good play every couple games or a big play every couple games. Um, I just think the value of running backs is not worth very much in today's NFL. Um, that money can be allocated to much more important and stable pieces on your roster um so i feel like the you know i think it's sort of the top two to three running backs maybe are very good and worth the money perhaps and then you know four through 20 i feel like there's not that much of a difference between number four and number 20 so if you've got a guy between four and 20 i wouldn't pay him i would probably not even pay one through four uh, based on how Saquon and Zeke and McCaffrey did this this last season, two of them were hurt, and one of them sort of fell off a cliff. Even though he's 25, I think Zeke will probably be back and, and play better next year. But um, you know that just sort of is inherent with the position at this point. It seems like so. You know, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Fournette, Connor, some solid guys that'll perform well and probably not up to their contracts, whatever they end up getting. Yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm trying to think, besides Derrick Henry, has there been a running back as of late that's gotten better after getting his money? And I can't mm-hmm. think Alvin so. Alvin Kamara. Kamara, but he, he was good, like, 
beforehand too. He's kind of stayed the same. Like Derrick Henry's gotten better. Like he's taken a next step up. Sure. Like sure. guys, Casey mentioned, like they took a step down. Some were injured, and Zeke just had too much uh, buffet. Can't blame them. <laughs> uh, but Aaron Jones, like you said, he's. I mean, I. You're obviously way higher on, on him than I am, but he's gonna get his money. But is he gonna be worth it? I don't think so. And if you're a team like Packers that has a kind of smaller Super Bowl window at the moment, I'm not putting all my money on a running back. I'm trying to build up the offensive line, still build up the defensive line, and go with guys like uh, Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon. So I expect Car- uh, Carson as well from the Seahawks. Uh, they have every year like three or four guys who have been around the league for a while. So why would you pay Carson all that money when you have a huge need on the offensive line? Uh, Kenyon Drake flash some potential but once again he's gonna get probably seven eight million dollars a year is he worth it i don't think so uh then like fournette huge postseason but besides that he's been a bust so a lot of guys a lot of question marks i will never pay running back more than like six million dollars a year unless they are like a derrick henry or even mccaffrey in my opinion i think he's gonna age well like guys who can do a little bit of everything or are just bigger stronger faster than everybody else and can run you over uh, but these guys are quicker and kind of phase out by the time they're 25, 26, which is really young. But running backs, they don't have the long shelf life unless you're Frank Gore. So never pay running backs unless you think they're like super elite and none of these guys are. Yeah, Frank Gore has been averaging three yards a carry for the last 10 years. Forever. Hey, if you need four yards, he'll get you three. If you need three yards, he'll get you three. Exactly. Eagles legend, Frank Gore, baby. Um (laughs) I, you know, I like this list on paper, and I think I agree with, with Casey and Durgan's assessment here as far as the value of a running back being just in context less important than other positions. And if you're going to invest a ton of money, it may not be the smartest idea. I don't know that a lot of these guys get the money that we might think they will. Like Aaron Jones, if he if he was a free agent after 2019, I think he'd get, he would have gotten way mm-hmm. overpaid. 2020, I don't know as much. I think he probably still will get, he'll get his money. Um, Gurley, I don't know if does Gurley have it anymore. I mean, no. he's he's okay. I mean, he's not he's not Todd Gurley, but he's a good Todd Gurley. He's a he's uh, a good running back in committee. Yeah. I like okay. that, Casey. <laughs> breakdown on the weekly spiral: Why Todd Gurley is not Todd Gurley, but he's still Todd Gurley. Just no, I said Todd, Todd Early. I dropped the G. Oh, okay, okay. So even even less. more next level. I love it. I was I love nuanced. It. Yeah, I was yeah. nuanced. What about playoff Lenny? Did he earn himself some money playing with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Probably. No. I mean, I agree with Casey. He probably. He probably but did, but yeah, exactly. He'll get like a one-year contract for like $8 million, be a bust, go back to Tampa Bay, and probably have another good year. And what about uh, James, James Con- Do we see any of these guys going back to their teams by chance? Mm. No. It depends on how team-friendly or what kind of deals yeah. they're they're expecting. Um, I, don't, I don't see any of these guys besides Jones signing early. They'll wait around and see like the best offer they can get, and then realize that no one's offered them what they want, and take like a five, six million dollar one year deal. Yeah, still okay. good money. I mean, that's the problem. That's a, it's a real conundrum. How do you deal with running backs? Yeah. You know, because they have they know they have such a short shelf life, so, so they, they want you money. Know, their yeah. second contract, they know they have to get paid. That's it. They're probably not getting last. a third. Yeah, yeah, it might be their last. Um, the, it's it's dangerous to take one or two year contracts because you know that's a lot less guaranteed. No Sorry to cut you off there, Cyrus. No, no, no. I was agreeing with you. I just, that, that that their second contract could be their last contract for all we, for all they know. So it's important that they they get the bag, as the kids say nowadays. <laughs> as the kids say, you know? yep. Yeah. 
Uh, let's let's uh, transition here from running backs. So let's talk about wide receivers, and we can kind of loop in tight ends into this conversation as well, since at this point a lot of them are glorified receivers as it is. But let's talk about what we think about this one. It looks like a pretty good receiver class of free agents here. There's a lot of different players, um, different types of players as well. But we'll start with you, Durgan. Kind of break out what you think. Who who's the top dog in this class? Who who would you want if you uh, if you were yep. a GM? So this wide receiver group is freaking loaded. Uh, my top, th- my top top guy is Allen Robinson because he's able to ball out on a bad Jaguars team and then as of late on a bad Bears team. If you got him a good quarterback, I think he is legitimately a top five receiver. He's just never been able to mm-hmm. you know, be out there as a marquee name because he's never been on a good team. Uh, then you have guys like Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin, who I think are both number one receivers on most teams. So really good players. And then you have a lot of good number two options. Will Fuller, uh, Juju, A.J. Green, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar, back from the dead, Eagles legend. And so like those guys, <laughs> those guys, you know, you're never going to be, okay, that guy is like, you have to get in the ball 10 times a game. But they're really good number two options. And now in today's NFL, you're having three receivers on the field almost at all times. So those are really high-end guys. Uh, in terms of tight ends, not as strong. Hunter Henry, good player. Uh, Jonu Smith, who had a good year with the Titans, uh, but they're good pass catchers. But the receiver, my biggest conundrum with all this is looking at this year's draft class and how good that receiver group is, and you also look at the free agent group and like how good those guys are. So if you're an NFL team, let's say you're picking in the top 15, and you can get a receiver who's unproven but way cheaper, do you go with that guy or are you going with a guy like Will Fuller who – when healthy, he's great, but he can't stay healthy. But you know what you're going to get from him. So that's the battle that teams are going to have to face. Um, but a lot of good options here. And this is the deepest position group by far uh, on offense or defense in free agency. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as the draft goes, I think it comes down to being very team specific. So if you're, you know, for, for instance, if the interior defensive line is very thin this draft, um, and, and you're you have you know a top 15 pick, you may say to yourself, well, I can't waste my pick on a receiver here because you know there's only so many interior defensive linemen that are going to be viable high caliber guys. So if I need to draft an interior defensive lineman, I got to sign one of these receivers. Um, and I think that's where you may see some of these deals come to, to fruition for teams that sort of have needs for top-tier talent in the draft uh, that aren't uh, necessarily receivers. So uh, I'm very big on Allen Robinson. Uh, he's, he's sort of QB-proof. He, he finds ways to, to get open no matter what, very aggressive at the catch point, has, has great route nuance and, and technicality. Kenny Galladay, very good. Glad both of those guys are leaving the the NFC North because they caused the Packers problems. Um, you know, I think Will Fuller is a guy that uh, could be very exciting for for some team because he has the injuries and he has the suspension. So I think he may be gotten on a pretty cheap deal overall. And you know, up until the suspension, he was healthy this year and he was producing. And and sort of like Durgan said, when he's when he's playing, he's fucking good. Yep. Um, so uh, he may be uh, getting a, a cheaper contract than than people may expect uh, of him just based on the name. Um, I like Corey Davis as well. Um, made a number of nice plays for the Titans. Not as big on Juju. Uh, I think A.J. Green is going to sign a couple one- or two-year deals and then be out of the league. He didn't seem like he had it this last year after coming back from that 
supposed year-long ankle injury that he had <laughs> the year prior. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of good options. Hunter Henry, I think, uh, you know, tight ends are starting to get paid a lot more because they just take so long to develop. Uh, they got to learn a lot more at the NFL level than they were doing at the at the college level. They have to understand the blocking schemes and the pass game, um, and they they usually take two or three years to develop. So when one hits and starts to develop, and you start to see that happen on the field, those guys are becoming more and more valuable as as mismatches in the passing game and and what they can add to your run game as well. So I'd expect Hunter Henry and, and those tight ends to to start to get paid too. If you're if you're a top tight end, uh, you can expect some cash coming your way. Yeah, I think when we look at all the money spent in free agency this offseason, I think a lot of it's going to go towards this wide receiver position just out of the uh, percentage yeah. of cap because this is a really stacked group. Um, and we haven't really talked, we didn't even talk about like Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster is a free yeah. agent. There's a ton of people in here. The one thing that I will say, though, I still think Fuller gets paid, Casey, and in, in the yeah. countered it. And the, the reason And the reason why is because he has one thing that a lot of these other guys don't have, and that is elite speed. None of these other guys run the way Will Fuller runs and also have that six-foot height and ability to to catch the deep ball. So this dude, man, I'm so mad every time we talk about Will Fuller because he was on my fantasy team, and I, it was <laughs> probably the best value pick I've ever made in any fantasy league ever in my life. And uh, I think he would have won me my league if he wasn't on goddamn PEDs. God damn it, Will Fuller. What are you doing? <laughs> That's why he was That's healthy. That's why he wasn't That's hurt. That's why yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know that. The jury's still out. But anyways... Um, this wide receiver class has me salivating. Um, I don't think the Eagles are in a caps position to really do anything, but it's a really good class. I like Allen Robinson a lot too. I think, uh, Galladay is just also criminally underrated. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's also been in a weird situation. Could see him shine somewhere else. Um, Godwin, we've, we've seen what he can do. Fuller, fastest. If, if health wasn't an issue, I would say Will Fuller's the best receiver in this class. Hot take. Even better than Allen Robinson. Just saying. Um, mm-hmm. But health is a thing. More one-dimensional, I think. More one-dimensional, but... You know, a very good dimension. It's very good it's the one-dimension. the best dimension. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's what Durgan hates in receivers, dude, is separation. He's got, he's got, oh, there we go. Know. There we yeah. go. Uh, and, you know, A.J. Green, not not a priority if I'm a team, really, at this point. I think he's better off signing with the the Bengals again if they'll have him and uh, just kind of finishing out his career there. Um, and then you got, like, Curtis Samuel. We didn't really talk about him. He's a pretty dynamic player. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some there's some players to be had. I mean, even Nelson Aguilar, you know, he gets, hate, he gets hated on a lot. He played pretty well for the Raiders. I mean, he, he gets hated on by you. He gets oh, hated on by hates. all of Philadelphia. Yeah. Let's not oh, pretend yeah. it's just me. <laughs> All right, even Both a dude that saved the like I forget what the situation was, but he saved somebody like out of a fire or some shit. Yes, right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that he said video. We, we, were, video. we were catching him, unlike Agalor, right? That face so, he makes. Uh, it's not just me that's hating on Agalor, and he earned his hate, bro. It's he, he <laughs> earned all that. I was saying uh, the rest of the NFL does not uh, share your. They love your him. He was so bad. They love him. He, he was so he play, bad. He played well. He played well for the Raiders last did year. Very he made well. Some, yes. some very big, very big. Nah, he was huge. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's got some. He's got some juice. He's a good player. Um, so in general, this class is great. I'm, I'm excited to see where these people land. Um, but let's talk about the last position group we have here on the offensive side of the ball. The most exciting of them all. Arguably the most important outside of quarterback potentially. But this quarterback class is whatever. The offensive line. Durgan, kick yes. us off, man. Uh, 
decent group, but you have four guys who are all pro type players. Trent Williams, Brandon Scherf, Joe Tooney, and Corey Lindsley. Uh, Trent Williams, he plays a position, the second most important position, left tackle, like you just said, Cyrus. So he's going to get the most money of this group. Uh, he's 33, I believe, but he's didn't play it all year before, so his legs are fresh, ready to go. Uh, Scherf and Thune, they're both really good guards. Uh, guards are, in my opinion, the most undervalued position in football because uh, now all of a sudden these interior defensive linemen are getting as good, if not better, than edge rushers. Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt we've mentioned, uh, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones. You can bring pressure up the middle, and that's what's going to hit the quarterback first, hit them right in their face. So you need to have strong guards. So those guys, a lot of money. Corey Lindsley, I let uh, Cade to talk about him more, but he was all pro this past year at center. And mm-hmm. I wrote about this. I'm going to lose an article next week, breaking down for agency. But he's priority number one, in my opinion, for the Packers. He needs to be back uh, for them. Uh, center is a huge position in terms of offensive line calling audibles, uh, helping the quarterback out, reading the defenses. So he's going to get a lot of money. He's going to get, I think, over $10 million a year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Corey Lindsley. I, I don't know that his price tag is going to fit with what Green Bay wants to do. And it sort of depends how they view the rest of their offensive line. Um, there's been talk uh, about shuffling some guys around. David Bakhtiari probably isn't going to be back uh, in time for the start of the year, at least, because he tore his ACL in December. Um, so you're looking at some some potentially dicey situations there for the Packers on the offensive line. Because um, someone's going to have to kick to, to tackle. They uh, cut Rick Wagner, who was at their, their other tackle position. Um, so they have some issues there that they, they need to solve. I think by midseason they'll be all right. All right. But um, I would love to have Corey Lindsley back. It's just the Packers are over the cap right now. And he deserves to get paid. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the highest priority for the Packers. They drafted a couple guards. Uh, they're pretty good at guard. Maybe they feel like uh, they can pick up a center and sort of protect them with those those guards. But uh, as far as the whole class themselves, uh, like you said, a lot of top-tier talent with those four guys and then some guys that will be able to fit and plug in uh, on maybe some more friendly contracts like uh, Alejandro Villanueva, Taylor Moten, Alex Mack, some guys that have had stretches of really good play but are generally you know, relatively average, and there's a, a clear drop-off from, from those top four to the, the next grouping there. Um, but uh, like you said, I think Trent Williams will get a, a nice, high guarantee, shorter contract, two uh, or three years unfortunately, maybe. Unfortunately, yes. He's going to get $20 plus million dollars a year, and it's sad. <laughs> because Myers, I, mentally I think he's going back to San Francisco, but if he's in the market and you're Jacksonville and you have a franchise quarterback coming in and you have a lot of cap yeah. space, I'm throwing $25 million a year for like two or three yeah. years, like you said. Really short deal, but get that position solidified. For sure, for sure. It'll be interesting to see where some of these guys go because these, these guys, have, a lot of them have been staples on their teams for a while. Joe, Joe Thune's been with the Patriots. He's been a rock there. Corey Lindsley with the Packers. So, you know, it's, it's sad to see your linemen go. Big boys. It is. It is the unsung heroes of the offense. Um, I will never forget the way it wasn't single-handedly, but Corey Lindsley shut down Aaron Donald in the playoffs. That was mm-hmm. a sight to behold. I think uh, I think that renewed the 
my thoughts and emphasis on interior offensive linemen and especially center play. I think uh, I think that will be a bigger loss than people realize. Um, maybe maybe you realize, Casey, because you're Mr. X's and O's and you're dialed in, but a lot of Packers fans may not. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be that would be a big loss, I think. Trent Williams, fun fact. This I don't know why this came into my head, but dude ran a four eight at forty time at, his, at the combine. Nice, so he's an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. If you can get him, like Durgan said, you get him. I don't care how old he is. Um, well, I do care. I mean, he's like thirty two. That's fine. So I I would definitely take uh, Trent Williams. I I think he is the the prize of this offensive lineman yeah. class here for sure. Um, so we'll see. This this will be a fun fun um, off season to keep an eye on. And uh, we'll, I'm sure, dive into the defensive side of things here soon. But unless you guys have any final thoughts, I think that's that's going to wrap things up here. All good. That's that's all I got. That's all we got. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up on episode 80 of the Weekly Spiral. Thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in. Before we head out, I want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you should keep your eyes out for. Casey, what do you got coming up for the listeners? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, we did a uh, Would You Rather between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And I came out with the Justin Herbert breakdown last week, and this week it's Joe Burrow. So you can go look at my opinion on both of those guys. They also happen to be exactly the same length. They're both like seven minutes and 43 seconds. Oh. So if you can spare 15 minutes today to go watch, well, I guess on Thursday is when the video will release. Uh, you can go watch both of those and compare how their rookie seasons went and uh, let us know who you think has more potential going forward. Weeklyspiral.com, you can find that there. Um, and you can also find us on YouTube searching Weekly Spiral. I think it's youtube.com slash Weekly Spiral as well if you would prefer. Durgan, what about you, man? Yes, two scouting reports on LSU guys, Terrence Marshall, wide receiver, and Jabriel Cox, linebacker. And, ter- and also we got three, I mentioned before, three new guys coming to help us write. They have their content coming out this week, so make sure to check out what they're writing as well. Yes, and as I mentioned, you can find all that great stuff on weeklyspiral.com. Thank you so much for sticking with us. This has been a Weekly Sprawler production, bringing you fresh football every single week. We uh, greatly appreciate you spending this 45 minutes or so with us, and we are excited to continue to dive into off-season news, free agency, draft stuff, and we will catch you next time for more of this on episode 81. Episode 81.